You are listening to Master Coaching with Ajit, a podcast that inspires coaches to impact lives of their clients more meaningfully. I am Coach Ajit, and I'm known for coaching high performers, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm also a serial entrepreneur and author of many books. On this podcast, I am answering your burning questions. I'm also demonstrating and deconstructing behind-the-scenes coaching sessions. On this very special episode of Master Coaching with Ajit, we are opening up a conversation that is slightly risque. You see, I am bringing on on this conversation a friend of mine. Her name is Christy Whitman, and she's going to explore with us how to really use energy to be able to master your reality. How is it that you can bring energy work or work around using our spiritual selves into coaching our clients? Now, if you're a business coach, a productivity coach, a coach that really believes only in psychology, I invite you to stay for this conversation, even if it may feel like a little out there, because what you will find during this conversation is something that has personally impacted my life. If you're not new to this podcast, you know my agenda, my intention is to bring ideas that are new, that are different, coaching philosophies that are different, coaching philosophies that are probably a little bit on the edge that will help you become a better coach, help you become an awesomer human being. But before I bring on Christy, I want to share with you why this conversation is so very important for me and potentially because of that reason, it's important for you and for your clients. You see, early on in my career, I didn't, like most young individuals who believe in science, didn't believe in religion, didn't believe in spirituality, didn't really believe that there was something greater than until I went to a team retreat. See, I was working for a company, a personal development company, and during the course of interaction with that company, we would often do something that we called team retreats. Team retreats were where we would take our entire team to a remote, beautiful island location and for about three to five days, immerse ourselves in fun, immerse ourselves in team bonding, in visioning, and also learning from individuals that we had access to at the time. This particular team retreat was happening in Bali. Bali is a beautiful spot with such a beautiful spiritual energy that if you ever get a chance to go there, as soon as you land, you feel like you're in the land of God. And that kind of was my experience until then, but I just felt it was just good vibes, you know. It was good energy that I was into and I was really enjoying the process. Until one day, a guest speaker was invited. This guest speaker had recently sold his company for millions and millions of dollars and was somebody who we were really looking forward to hear how to really help expand our horizons about business, about work, and so forth. And so, very curiously, I sat in the front row with my notebook because I was so very excited as a kid to learn more about business. And I sat down and I listened to this wonderful gentleman. And as this wonderful gentleman would start talking about business, you would find that he was never really talking about business. He talked about spirituality. He talked about connectedness. He talked about universe. He talked about intentions and setting the right intentions and being able to manifest those intentions to come into his life, to creating a multi-million dollar company and then selling it for millions and millions of dollars by the power of law of attraction, by the law of intention. And it, it completely broke my reality because here was a person that I thought is going to give me pragmatic, 
step-by-step instructions to be able to grow my business. And here this person was talking about something that is beyond our own control, but within the realm of possibility, within the realm of manifestation. I leaned into that conversation and I really started to practice some of the practices, some of the laws that he talked about during our conversation. And as I practiced these laws, I realized he wasn't only talking about how to build a great company and a great business. He was talking about the fundamental laws of life, of universe, of spirituality. These are the same laws that we are going to discuss today as I take a deep dive in the next 40 minutes or so with Christy Whitman. Christy is a masterful coach. She's worked in the realm of spiritual life coaching for decades at this point. She's certified many individuals and she's also one of our very prestigious authors on Evercoach membership. I invite you to lean into this conversation with an ear that is curious. Even if you don't believe in much of the stuff that she talks about, I invite you to listen in with curiosity, take notes, and see for yourself if those things work for you. And if they do work for you, I invite you to also lean into some of these ideas when you're working with your clients. Adding a realm of spirituality to business coaching, to life coaching, to performance coaching really enhances the powerful coaching that you may already be doing. So without further ado, let's lean in and listen to this conversation with Christy Whitman. Christy, so excited to have you. Thank you so much for being here. I was really looking forward to our conversation. So am I, so am I. We've been conversing for a while, but I think this is the first time we've really got a chance to dive deep into how you're really creating an impact out in the world and being able to support coaches through your academy to create a greater impact out in the world. And right now are those times when we're recording this instead of our pro video shoot, we are kind of hacking this on Zoom, uh, which is still awesome in context of content, but we're just so used to doing full productions that it is different for us. So I'm super excited to have you today. You've been uh, running your Quantum Success Academy for several years now, training thousands of coaches at this point. We'd love to explore more on that. But before we get into it, let's get a little introduction of yourself. Tell me how you started coaching, uh, why is this exciting for you, and what do you see for yourself and for your academy? So for me, I was a pharmaceutical rep. I was making great money and I was having a lot of success because I was applying the universal principles that I coach on and that I train coaches to coach on. And so I had great success, but something was really missing for me. It was that feeling of having purpose and passion. And so I thought about it. I felt like I'm so missing that in what I'm doing. And I didn't feel like... I I felt actually my soul was being sucked out of me, if that's even possible. But I just felt like drained at the end of the day. And so I said to myself, energetically, if everything is energy, and I know this to be true, what would I need to feel in order to feel passionate and purpose? Well, I needed to feel passion and purpose, which I didn't feel. So I started to cultivate that feeling of passion and purpose and doing it consistently. I then first became an author. So we're going on now 20 years where my first book, Perfect Pictures, came to me in a dream. I woke up at 104 in the morning by voice talking to me. I got up and that was my automatic writing that I was doing. And seven nights in a row that came to me. So I got the book published and that's a whole nother story, but I got the book published and those that I knew were not the target audience, like my mother and father and you know those people around me. And so I went and started speaking in spiritual bookstores and churches and people started asking me, do you coach? 
And I was living in Northern California at the time. And I'm like, what do you mean coach? I had no frame of reference for what a coach was. I felt like a cheerleading coach, a football coach. What do you mean? So they know a life coach. I went, people get paid for that? Like people do that? And like most of us, we come to the, the, you know, the understanding of what a coach is, or we hear about it for the first time, there was so many preconceived notions of what a coach was. And so I just said, well, give me a call on the phone and I'll help you. And what I was helping people do that I didn't realize at the time is I was helping them shift their energy and get to understand how to apply the universal laws so that they were always in the process of feeling aligned and creating momentum from that aligned place. And I loved it so much. And I loved the feeling of when someone would call me back and say, oh my God, I just had a $20,000 check come from literally nowhere from like the government. Oh my gosh, I had just met the love of my life. I mean, all these different things were happening. I I feel so good. Thank you. And I thought, this is what passion and purpose feels like for me. And so I've continued to follow that. And in 2008, I had a surround sound effect of people that I was coaching and doing workshops for say, I want you to certify me to be a law of attraction coach. And I'd say, well, no, go where I went. You know, and this, no, I want you to do it. So, with four different people within four different days, I just opened myself up and I said, okay, if I was going to teach someone to coach like I do, what would I need to do? And within an hour, all the information for the Quantum Success Coaching Academy came through. I launched it two months later. I, and every single semester that I launched it, it was just really, really great. I mean, it had the exact number of people that I wanted and profound impact. So it was in 2008 that I launched it. It's now an evergreen. And so we do it as videos that are taken from a live class that I taught. And then we do office hours with it so that they get live coaching from me twice a month. So it's been an incredible journey. And I'm so grateful for this professional coaching. Now more than ever, because you know Dr. David Hawkins did a, a study and what he found is that 87% of the population is in a vibration of suffering, is in a vibration of, of being powerless and be, feeling like a victim. And it's that 13% of coaches that are willing to work on themselves, that are willing to be just even in the vibration of compassion and non-judgment that literally changes thousands of people's lives because we're all interconnected. So to be that change, to be that example, to be that channel for light is one of beyond passion and purpose. It's, it's such, a, uh, such a gift and such an offering because we ask ourselves, what can we do to improve the world? Right? It's like by first improving ourselves, we affect and create massive impact. That's amazing. And, and I didn't know about that study, but it doesn't seem too out there to me that, that a lot of people are suffering and that we as coaches or, or individuals who are in the coaching world who are trying to be a coach or are already a coach are the ones who are creating a positive vibe around the globe. I, I'm not surprised about that. Christy, something that I loved as you were talking about your story is, and I know it's slightly edgy for our audience because we, we talk very much a right brain, if, if that's the right side of the brain, like really uh, tactile. Systems. System, system yeah. based, yeah. So, and, and I loved where you said, well, it just downloaded through me. It was channeled through me. And I love that because I know that happens for me. Tell me a little bit more. I know today we are going to talk about some energy systems and so forth. 
Uh, but before we get into that conversation, or if you feel that can lead to that conversation, I'm open to that too. But I'd love to know a little bit towards this, this download and how do you get yourself to a state where you can just receive the download? Because I think that's where the challenge is. A lot of our right brain thinking kind of stops us from being able to, to download. Or would you say so? Oh, I say when we are connected to energy. So, so let's have this kind of conversation that will lead into. I know what we're gonna where we're gonna go, but when you think of us as beings, like human beings, right? We are energy, and we know this now from quantum physics. We know this from modern science that everything is energy, right? There's either dense energy, dense matter. There's us. That's that's energy and matter. This right here. I mean, this is energy. Everything is energy. And when we understand as a human being that we are energy receivers, we're energy containers, and then we're energy transmitters. And when we are deliberately putting ourselves in the place of connecting with higher vibrations, that energy then comes into all the trillions of cells that we have. And each cell has receptor sites. So we're bringing in a higher vibration of energy versus those that are not aware of that. They're being influenced by the fear of mass consciousness, the frustration, the, you know, all the things that are going on right now. Their little receptor sites and all their trillions of cells are being inundated because we, like as a human being, we need our sleep. We can't go, okay, I slept a month ago. I'm fine. We need to sleep, Right. Just like we need to eat. We don't just take a bite of food and then we're done for the day. We don't just eliminate once. We do it all day, every day. We drink something to refresh ourselves. It's the same thing, but with energy. And we're needing to fill ourselves up with energy. And so if we don't do it deliberately, it's going to happen by the environment around us, by the negative person we live with or the neighbor or our parents or our past. It's going to be filling us up. So with that being said, we're also energy containers, right? And then we also transmit the energy that we are. So when I say being a vessel, being a channel, it's being in alignment, it's connecting with a higher frequency and vibration. So for example, waking up in the morning and saying, I want to resonate. I want to be attuned to the frequency of joy, and it's always us asking. It's an attraction-based universe, not an assertion-based universe. So we can't be asserted on, right? We have to be the one in our own free will. We all have it. Our own free will. We're the ones that have to do the asking. And as we're asking, if we're, as we're declaring, I want to feel joy today. I want to feel freedom, success, abundance, whatever the energy is, the frequency that we want to feel. We ask and then we just put ourselves in a receiving mode. It's like that visual of all of our cups, all of our little cups and all the trillions of cells in our body being filled up with the energy of joy. That energy, that flow is being an open channel. That's when, whether it's you full on channel, like I channel the council of light, like my consciousness goes out, their consciousness comes in, they do healing work and and, uh, it's incredible. Or if it's I'm scribing a book and the information's coming down and I'm writing information, or if it's just even an idea, that's coming from an aligned place where we're co-creating with that energetic being, our divine self that's breathing us. And on top of that, you know, it's like when you're coaching someone and all of a sudden you just have this awareness of something. 
or you get this insight. Where did that come from, right? That came from energy. It came from a higher, a higher mind. It came from a higher intelligence because how would me, myself, and I in a situation have this insight about this person and being able to ask them a very powerful question that led them to go, right? That led that, that light to go on in them. That's channeling. It's the receiving of higher frequencies, of being in co-creative partnership, even as someone's coaching, to be able to call that in and to be able to help another human being. Let's lean into the conversation of managing our energy. That's kind of what we said would be the, the broad theme that we'll be discussing. And I think this is a good setup for that. So how about you take us through what does it mean uh, how does it look like? How does it feel like? And and what do we need to know about it? Yeah. So it's really about mastering our energy. And a lot of times people will say, you know, it's all about mindset. You know, you got to master your mind. And that's part of it, but it's not all of it. And I'll give you an example. If someone is trying to master how they think all the time, if you have your emotions, which are also energy, which is actually a higher frequency of energy that gives off from the emotions based from thoughts. If you have a client or you yourself are seething in anger, right? But you're trying to think positively. That emotion, that set point of vibration of anger is really being the... It's dictating what gets attracted back to you by law of attraction, by universal laws, because it's all vibration. So someone can do affirmations until they're blue in the face and try to think as positively as they can if they're not feeling the emotions that may be in disappointment or frustration or fear or sadness then what's happening is you're cutting off from an important part of yourself and that part the emotional part is creating what we're attracting anyways so a lot of times people will say oh I want to you got to manage your mind and then they don't do anything with the emotions. And even if you're aware that you have to have emotional intelligence, right? And to have self-awareness, a lot of times people will work with the energy, but then they don't master the mind. So it's both and. Because what happens with a lot of people is say that they know how to master their emotions. They say that they process the emotions out. If they still tell the same story of what happened, that mind, that story will then ignite up emotions again. So it's not just one or the other, it's both and. And so as I was talking earlier about how you know we're energy receivers, we're also energy containers and energy generators. And we generate the energy in the ways that we have actions of a human being by the words that we say. And, we, and I would definitely want to talk about that. But the words that we say, the thoughts that we think, the beliefs and perspectives that we hold, the emotions that we feel, and then the actions that we take, the physical actions, the things that we do or don't do. And so a lot of times people will think, well, I've processed my emotions, but then they don't pay attention to the thoughts and the reactivation of the stories and the thoughts that then create the emotions again. So we get to this set point where we're now attracting situations, circumstances, events, where say someone is at a set point of disappointment, constantly feeling disappointment in their lives. It's like the universe is giving them a surround sound effect of everything that is creating a sense of disappointment. 
Well, it's because there's an imprint there. It's a belief that that's where you need to feel, that that's where you live from. And then you continue to create that energetic loop by the expectations of what you believe, where your perspective is, the stories that you tell. As you're continuing to tell the stories of why you're disappointed or how things didn't work out for you, that's going to ignite the emotions again. Fair, fair enough. That's a great way of looking at it. And you mentioned the word set point. I'm sure most of our audience understands that, but could you elaborate? Because I think there are signs there that there's a particular set point that we have. I just want you to explore that a little bit so you make sure that if there is somebody who doesn't understand the concept, set points is at least addressed. I'd love that. So yes, I'd be happy to talk about set point. If you look at energy as keys on a piano, like if you go up to a piano, right? There's energy from low all the way to high. And our emotions are like that. Like the highest vibration emotions that we have is love, appreciation, gratitude, enthusiasm. And then it starts to move down. Dr. David Hawking's um, researched this, that each one has a different vibration. Abraham Hicks came up with the emotional guidance scale. What I like to say is there's a spectrum of emotions based on the law of sufficiency and abundance. At one spectrum there's lack. Anything that is an emotion that feels bad, whether it's fear, disappointment, discouragement, frustration, anger, sadness, worry, all of that, when we feel those emotions, we feel bad. And the reason we feel bad is because we're in lack. On the other side of the spectrum is the emotions where if we're feeling them, we feel good. So happy, joy, freedom, appreciation, gratitude, all those, we feel good. There's a, there's a point in the middle where it's got to be that tipping point from lack to abundance. And that tipping point is satisfaction. It's contentment. It's a place of positive aspects, being happy with where you are by excited for more. So if we're looking at this as a spectrum, right? And you can tell where you are on the spectrum on any given subject. You might have a set point on money that's fear or worry. And how you relate with money, whether you have it or not, there's a set point where you're always constantly feeling that space of worry. That's an energetic set point. And and what happens with a set point, another way of saying it is an imprint, is you're going about your day, you're hearing about life, right? You Maybe you're a young child and you hear your parents argue about money. There's not enough. There's never going to be enough. We're never going to get past this place in life that we're at. And something happens where you as a child have that level of fear or you feel an emotion. And because you don't know how to process your emotion, it creates a set point for money. So now it's it becomes a belief. So it's like what happens is... It's almost like with energy, it's like a caged lion that's running around its cage, right? It still creates energy. Energy cannot be still. It has to continue to move. So something happens and the energy gets blocked inside of us. And because it creates a vortex, it sets up thoughts. It's where thoughts come from. It comes first from vibration. So it gets set up and then the evidence shows up and we go, see? It's true. And then that becomes a myopic way we view our world as it relates to money, that there's only so much. I can only achieve so much. I have to work really hard to attain that. That's a set point. So it's an energetic place where it's like the go-to emotion towards money is worry or fear. It could be health and well-being. It, you know, it could be relationships. It could be career success. 
that you have this emotion for what you feel towards it. Does that make sense? No, perfect. It makes perfect sense. Um, Would you say that we also look for evidence for the beliefs that you already found? So that means that the energy vortex that you're talking about, the stuck energy, if I may, if that stuck energy goes, there's not enough, there's not enough, there's not enough, we'll keep looking for evidence and reconfirm to ourselves there's not enough. Absolutely, because it is the thoughts that set up the beliefs. And once we have that blinder on of that's what I believe, a belief is an expectation. So it's, you know, you can have your past, your present, and your future, all time is simultaneous. It all exists right now. But if we are stuck on a past belief, that's past set point, that will be our filter of what we then expect to happen in the future. I am going to work so hard. I am going to work so that I am so exhausted and it's still not going to pan out, right? Awesome. Yeah. I, I have to work right. I have to work more hard harder than the next person and they get when there's the comparative, right? They make more money or they have more success. It's always somebody else that has it, right? Those kind of beliefs will create what we have as a reality because when you really think about it, if everything is energy and it is and there we have access each person to the divine that's breathing us, which is always in abundance, always in a place of success and well-being and love, that energy filters through and it cannot project anything else but to go through our own personal consciousness. As we bring our consciousness to that level of, I'm abundant and I am in connection with abundance. And we then expect to see abundance manifest, that's the consciousness that we filter through. But if we're coming from, well, there's only so much and I've got to work really hard and I don't want to work too hard because I don't want to take my share. You know, that whole perspective of there's only a pie. And if I take more and, you know, we've got coaches, right? So they're good hearted, meaning well people. So it's like, I want to do well, but I don't want to take more than my share because I don't want to take from you. I don't want to take from the other person. It's the mindset that there's only a limited amount. And so I better gobble it all up so I get my share or oh, I, I want to be... We, we don't have a pie. We have a bakery. Mm. But make as many pies as we want. There is no limit to it. So Christy, now that we know the five elements of energy mastery, what are the things that we can do? Say the energy is stuck somewhere in that energy vortex that you talked about and we are reconfirming and only giving more fuel to that energy vortex. What can we do to be able to get out of that vortex? And if, it'll be amazing if you could also relate each of those ideas to how they show up in our clients' lives, not just as, as coaches for ourselves, but how does it show up for people that we're working with? Perfect. Yes. Yeah. So the first thing we have to do is have awareness. I mean, self-awareness is the first part of having emotional intelligence and, and becoming an energy master is when we have, or a client, say a client comes on a session call and there, I'm so angry at my husband because he did this and this, right? It's that awareness that I'm angry. Because a lot of times, if you don't have that level of self-awareness, you can't change the problem, right? It's always the first step in any growth program is to have a recognition, have some kind of awareness. And as coaches, it's our job to help the client gain mastery of that awareness because so many of us are comfortably numb and we've been so cut off from our emotions and do a lot of different things to 
suppress our emotions, whether it's shopping or drinking or eating too much sugar. Or, you know, there's so many different vices that we have, or even internal vices. Or instead of just being with ourselves, we do these habitual ways of thinking, like comparing and judging and things like that, that we don't just sit with ourselves. So number one is having that awareness and helping the client have the awareness of how they're feeling. And first thinking in terms of how are you feeling? What is the feeling? What is the energy? And a lot of times it's not necessarily important that you name the emotion. It's not if someone's they're irritated, right? You don't have to go, well, are you angry? Are you irritated? Are you rageful? Or, you know, it's it's important that they just have the awareness that they're feeling off and then to have the acceptance of that. So to sit with that energy, because all energy carries a vibration. And that vibration is communication to us about what's going on in our own world. So if the client, for example, is sitting with the frustration or the anger, allowing that client to sit with that energy, not only to release it, but to be informed by it, they'll able to say, you know, I keep telling my husband I want this and and he doesn't hear me. Or I keep trying to create more success in my business and I can't seem to get past this threshold. It's having that awareness of what the energy is and then having it released from the body. Literally, like it's almost like the cups that we talked about, they tip over, like you're releasing that old energy. And then with the action, which is the third part, is the action of bringing in the new energy. Instead of feeling disappointed all the time, how do you want to feel? I want to feel surprised and delighted. Okay, what would that feel, right? Instead of feeling so disappointed with life or with your business, you'd like to feel passion or massive success. In order to bring in something, you need to release something. So it's having awareness, having the acceptance, and then taking the action. Sometimes it's energetic, right? So having that client sit with their emotions bringing in the energy that they want to feel in that relationship with their husband. And then what do they have to do to take action? Is it something they need to communicate to their partner? Is it a boundary that they need to create for themselves? You know, Then you can look for the options and choices for that client of how they can best get what they desire. That's amazing. What do you think happens sometimes when you're trying to bring that awareness to a client? Have you found it challenging where they are able to sit with that? And if that happens, what would you do? I'll use, I'll give it an example. This literally happened to a client this week. I was sitting with a client and she says, okay, I have a book in me. I feel like it's a great book and I have notes everywhere. I've got information on this computer and this computer. I've got notes in different journals. And all I need to do is bring it all together and put it in one document. And that would start the process for me to start actually writing the book and getting it out. And she said, but there's so much resistance. And so I had her just sit with the resistance. What is the resistance about? What is the resistance telling you? And then what came up for her was, well, who am I? Who am I to write a book? And she didn't have that awareness before. And so we, we explored that. Well, who are you to write a book? And she said, well, I'm a divine being of light. And I said, yeah, you are. I've also been in this industry that I'm writing about for a very long time from a woman's perspective. This has never gone out before. And I said, okay, that's the positive part. That's not the part that's going to cause the resistance. That's the 
the aspect that would be creative and say, let's move with this energy. Let's talk to that part and sit with that resistance part that's saying, who do you think you are? Like, who are you? And she sat with it. It was really uncomfortable and she started crying. Tears started flowing from her face. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm crying. I'm like, no, be with the tears because the tears is the resistance of the energy you've been holding in. If you actually sit with that voice of saying, who do you think you are? She then was, well, there's so many other people that are qualified than I am to write a book like that. And, and you know, that I've only done this for 20 years, not 40 years. I mean, all the, all the places that the human voice wants to tell her why she's not enough and why she shouldn't do it. And so then it was bringing in the concept of, listen, oh, and she, another thing she said is there's so many books out there. It doesn't make a difference if I write a book. And I said to her, you know, it'd be really easy for me or any other author to walk into a bookstore and go, wow, there's so many books. The world doesn't need another book. The world doesn't need another song. There's so many songs out there. Why create new songs? And, you know, from that place, no one's written your song. No one's written your book from your perspective. If you are going to help one person, one person that maybe it's you 10 years ago, that needed to hear this information from your perspective because nobody else wrote the book? What if everybody else said, well, you know what? There's too many books. I'm not going to write it. How would we help people? And she's like, wow, yeah. So it was discovering what the voice of resistance was about so that you can talk to it and change the energy. I'll give it another example. Um, this is years ago because I had a lot of success with the coaching academy. We were doing like million dollar launches and I was making more money than I was even like knowing what to do with it. It was a, it was a great feeling, right? And I was sitting there one day getting a massage because I get a massage every Saturday. And as I'm getting my massage, all of a sudden I had this just feeling of anxiety come over me. Now, knowing what I know, I know that anxiety is actually not an emotion. It's an overamplification of an emotion that I haven't experienced. So I sat with the energy of the anxiety and went, what's coming up? And it was fear. Okay, well, like we talked about earlier, you have the spectrum of emotion. If I'm feeling good, I'm in alignment with abundance. If I'm feeling bad, I'm in lack. That's where all those emotions come from. So I'm feeling fear. All right, fear, I'm going to be present with you. What are you trying to tell me? What's the lack? that you're afraid of. And I heard a voice say, you used it all up. Used what all up? It's just sitting with that energy, your success. I've used up all my success. Yep, you've used it all up and you have no more success. There was a part of my consciousness that felt like I've, I've had all this success. You're done now, which is limited, right? It's just not in alignment, not in truth with pure potentiality. And so I had to bring in the energy and the communication of abundance to that resisted part of me saying, again, I don't have a pie, I have a bakery, right? Because I've had all this success, I can continue. There's no limit on it. And immediately that shifted. And I've never had that thought or that feeling or experience about that again, because I shifted the energy of it. It's awesome. It's awesome. What is, uh, what is the next step? So you have the awareness, right? Then you have the acceptance. Then it's taking the action. And so the action, like we said, it could be bringing in the, the new energy like I did while I was sitting there getting massage. I brought in the energy of abundance to release the old energy. Now, as you're going about your day, so say you have a client shifted her energy around her husband or success or whatever it is. Say it's the client that 
um, wanted to write a book. And now she's excited and she felt all this surge of energy flowing through her. And now it's time to start taking action. We can't just sit around and wish and hope and pray. We have to take physical action. And so say she starts to take action and now something else comes up where she's feeling the resistance. It's the same thing. It's looking for where, and I'm going to say another term, is looking for where there's split energy, right? You want something, but you're excited about something, but there's a feeling of wanting to move forward, but being pulled back and really paying attention to what that split energy is about. And each time you are having that awareness that something's going on, having the acceptance that, wait a minute, I'm feeling a pull here. I'm feeling energy going in this way and in this way. I need to sit with this so that all of me can be returned back into alignment. Then you move forward in taking that action. So acceptance, awareness, and action is really the process to being an energy master. I totally hear you. And I believe that a lot of, and this happens with my clients too, is that even when I'm working with high performers in many ways, that action is where it kind of like falls apart a lot of times because it's like you said, there's split energy associated to it. And maybe sometimes even stuck energy associated to the action that they just took or the result of the action that they just took. So it feels like to me that we're always going in a, in a circle of acceptance, awareness, action, and then we'll have to discover what other awareness we need and then other acceptance we need, other action we need. Is that is that accurate? Do you feel that's that's yes. Accurate? Yeah. You know, it's 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 funny because it's not like if you went to college and you got a degree, right? I went to Arizona State University, got a degree in organizational communication. That's my degree forevermore. It's unchanging, done. It's a done deal. Went to school, got the degree, right? Energy's not like that. It's always moving, it's always shifting, it's adjusting. It, you know, as we become more conscious. Now that light of consciousness brings up where we're not conscious. It's kind of like if you have a a two-sided window and there's dirt and muck on the inside and on the outside, right? And you start to clean up the outside. Well, now you're going to see stuff that was on the inside that you couldn't see before because the dirt on the outside was blocking it. Now you clean that up and now you can see this spot. So it really is like that. And that's where when we can be in a place of understanding as an energy master, that energy is going to be coming. And instead of resisting or, you know, like spending a a week trying to talk ourselves out of something, just look at everything as energy. Wait a minute, this is resistance. It's not in alignment with what I want. What is this resistance about? What normally could take a month or a year or a lifetime, right? Could take moments to get over and get through so that you're having exponential. I mean, we're talking quantum success and that you're reaching the desires that you have and you're reaching the goals and you're attaining what you want and you're having that sense of of peace and fulfillment as you're attaining them. Understanding that it's not a one-shot deal, okay, forevermore. I did the energy work on that, done. I know when, (laughs) when I first started doing this work, I was like, wait a minute, I've already hit that issue, right? Because I grew up and my parents, I'm not kidding, used to call me a pain in the ass. And so then they just called it for short, called me PETA. Any request I had, oh, look, she's being a PETA. And I was like, and then the judgment on that, right? And so when I started becoming aware and reaching against my thing, it's like if I wanted to ask for something or I wanted or desired something, I would be bumping up against that PETA energy. Like, oh, 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to cause problems here. I'm, I'm asking for too much. And I, it's like a spiral. Energy is like a spiral path. You hit it at a very higher elevated level, but it doesn't mean the issue that got imprinted when you were young isn't gone. You just hit it at a different level. It's that window pane thing. Now that this is gone, oh, look at what's here. And as you understand yourself to be energy and that it's an ongoing thing, you can accept it and not resist it. It's like what I said, we're, we're not all pissed off because, oh God, I slept already last, you know, two weeks ago. I had to <laughs> sleep again tonight, right? Oh, I, I ate this morning. Why do I have to eat again, right? It's knowing and understanding that who we are. Yes, we're physical. We can see and taste and touch and all that stuff, but we're also energy. And as we start to accept that energetic part of who we are, life gets just so much easier. I want to explore two ideas that you kind of communicated through our course of conversation. The first idea that I want to explore, because you were just talking about it, and I think it's an interesting place to go, is you've said it like multiple times during the course of our conversation that like we sleep, we need to work on our energy. How do we bring that awareness to ourselves that, oh, this is what's happening for me? I know you said kind of like, there needs to be awareness towards maybe the situations or the challenges or things that you're bumping into again and again. But is this something that we can do or we have as a tool that can bring, oh, that's what's happening or be able to constantly have that check-in? How do you do that check-in to know, oh, this is where I need to get awareness towards even? Well, it because is a... The reason why I'm asking this is because in my mind, I'm going, well, I don't even know where I need to is shine that spotlight to be able to go... Oh, that's what's happening for me there. So how do I get there? I love that you're asking this question. And I'm going to make it as simple as I can. Do you feel good or do you feel bad? As you're thinking about money, are you feeling Mm -hmm. good? Are you feeling bad? As you're thinking about going to hang out with a girlfriend or a guy friend, or you're going to go make plans with someone, and you're thinking about that person, do you feel good or do you feel bad? As you're going to go see your parents... Are you feeling good? Are you feeling bad? It's, it's the same thing with clients and it's educating them in that place. Are you feeling good or are you feeling bad about any subject? Because if we look at that spectrum of lack on one side, good on, uh, positive feelings, feeling good on the one side, any subject, it could be the weather, right? Mm-hmm. Any subject will have an experience, an emotional experience of where we are on that spectrum. If you're in the place of positive aspects, then you're tipping into you know, gratitude. I'll, I'll give an example um, I know for clients that well, I, ha- I have clients that come to me and they're like, ah, I, I'm in this job where my boss is negative. The environment is toxic. You know, how do I get out of this? How do I you know, know when it's me or the environment? So you can be in any situation because not everything is all good and not everything is all bad, but it's where we put our focus. And where we put our focus usually determines how we feel about it. So if the client, for example, is coming and always focusing on this, my boss is doing this and the people are so negative and I'm having to overwork and all these things, they're focused on what doesn't make them feel good. So they're focused on the lack of what they have. If they start deliberately looking and listing and looking for the positive aspects, what are the positive aspects? Well, I make good money. I don't have to work at night or on weekends. I actually have my own office so I could close the door. 
Um, I live close to the office so I could take breaks. I, you know, it's been a beautiful area. I can go outside and take some deep breaths, go into my car and meditate if I want. I have friends that I do like. So as you start to look for the positive aspects, you start to feel good. But just checking in, am I feeling good or am I feeling bad on this subject? That's going to be an indication first and foremost, of where your vibration is, where your point of attraction is. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I think that's a really good measure and go through your process and kind of go, okay, what am I feeling here? How do I really process this? And what are the actions that I can take towards it? So my second area that I wanted to explore before we kind of close this conversation out was during the course of our interview, you talked about pure potentiality. And you kind of said, there is, of course, that is not true in context of pure potentiality. So just to wrap this conversation up, I think intellectually, I understand this, but I would love for you to explore that topic and kind of give us some uh, guiding light or closing thoughts or things to think about to understand that all of us have pure potentiality and what does it mean to, to explore that in life? I love that we're ending with this question. Thank you. So pure potentiality is one of the seven essential laws that I know to be true. I feel like everybody needs to know these laws. There's pure potentiality. We talked about, most people know about law of attraction. We talked about that spectrum of law of sufficiency and abundance, lack versus abundance. Well, pure potentiality is another one of those laws. And it's the truth of our universe that if you have a thought, that thought came from pure potentiality. It came from the divine. It didn't come from like an idea, for example, that idea came from pure potentiality, came from the divine. We are the receiver of the idea. And because we have that idea, that then if we, it then comes into a desire, right? And with that desire, we either go, yes, I want to do that. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I'm going to follow that. That enlightens me. Oh, wow. Like it might have been being a coach. And many of you listening got that coach like me, right? Coach. People, what? People get paid for that? I could help other people and I could get paid well for that? Yes, I'm in, right? Or there's the other side of, well, I don't know how to do that. Who am I to do that, right? And so it closes down the energy. In that place of judgment, in that place of lack, pure potentiality just dies. Like it just seeps out. But if you follow that energy and you follow that excitement, you follow that passion that you have for something that energy of pure potentiality, something not only being possible or probable, it's inevitable because you're following the flow of that energy. Pure potentiality, meaning there's no limit to what this could look like. I know there's um, there's a story that I, I share and I know she's a common friend of both of us, Mary Morrissey. Uh, I share her story in my book, Quantum Success. And Mary talked about that when she was literally dying of having kidney failure, she would in her mind rehearse all the time her being a teacher. And in her mind, she would think about herself dropping off her son as being a teacher in the school and her idea, her concept of being a teacher was being like a kindergarten teacher, a grade school teacher. She knew she had that potentiality in her to be a teacher. There is no way that as she looked back now from her 30-year career and what she has done to help so many people become coaches, um, people to just in her, their own personal development, she is a, a bona fide teacher. But when she started 
connecting with the image and the idea of becoming a teacher. She never would have experienced, she couldn't have had a reference point that she'd be a teacher on the internet and doing live events and and these kind of things, impacting millions of people. That idea, that potentiality grew as she opened up to it and she kept opening up to it and opening up to it. And so as we stay in that alignment, ooh, ooh, I love that idea. Yes, that's a desire in me. Yes, yes. Let me keep moving forward with that. And we don't close off the energy of it. That potential becomes something even bigger than us. Because you and I, all of us that are here living, there's something beating our hearts. We're not beating our hearts. It's doing. It's called life. And life, whether you're married or not, whether you're in a relationship or not, Life in each one of us is our true life partner. My true life partner is my life. It's my co-creation. I can't do all the stuff in my body that life does. I can't wake me up in the morning like life does. And that is that pure potentiality. Life that's flowing through us, that's pulsating all of our our veins and, and our blood and doing all of the things inside of us, that is the creator. And because pure potentiality is the creator, that pure potentiality is also inside of us to create what we want to create. We are creators. And as long as we're not using our limitations and personality you know, conditioned responses to dictate where the energy gets siphoned or closed off, as long as we're flowing with it, our lives become an example of pure potentiality. Did that conversation open up some new ideas in your mind? If the answer is yes, I invite you to leave us a five-star review on Spotify or iTunes or wherever that is that you enjoy this particular podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Coach Ajit, and you're listening to Master Coaching with Ajit podcast.